It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Monday morning on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we get ready for SEC Media Day starting up later today. Braves are at the All-Star break. We'll take a look back at what the first half, quote-unquote, of the season was. And the Hawks have three total roster spots, but only one that's full-time to fill. Who might be an addition for them? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. I guess we should say happy SEC Media Day for those that celebrated. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, find that page, hit that subscribe button. 2,500 folks now that are part of our community. Thank you so much for being a part and a piece of all of that. Unbelievable to think that just in a couple of months we've been able to do all that. Also, we ask you to download it uh, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey, whatever ones that you enjoy. Leave us a five-star review and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, starting today, right here in Atlanta, SEC Media Days, I will be down there and part of the coverage. Um, Hopefully, we'll get you a little bonus content uh, uh, on our YouTube page uh, while I'm down there this week. We'll be down there all four days of it. You know, look, uh, we, we don't expect any fisticuffs, right? Like, I think we're at the point where Alabama and A&M have settled their differences and Jimbo and Nick are on good terms again and they're all buddy-buddy and lovey-lovey and, and all that good kind of stuff. What will be some of the storylines coming out of this? You know, what's funny is in most years, a guy like Brian Kelly coming over to LSU would be a mammoth story and might be like the story of the week in the conference. But with the SEC, there's always so many different things going on. I mean, we still have the fallout of the drama between Texas A&M and Alabama. Obviously, right now, the other big storyline for the SEC is both conference realignment and conference expansion. Now, do I think that the SEC is getting ready to expand some more? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I think we're in an arms race right now. I think that what you're seeing is, all these different conferences that are going to be in the big boy football business are trying to arrange the deck chairs and basically get themselves lined up to where when that next TV contract comes due, because at this point, that's all it's about, right? So if we're, we're, we're breaking it down, bare bones, brass tacks, why is all of this going on? It's all about the TV money. And what the conferences care about most is what market do we not have that we can get lots of eyeballs in because that's what TV contracts are all about, right? You wonder why California teams are playing in the Big Ten? Because it's the second biggest media market in the country. And there are tens and tens of millions of eyeballs that are gonna go out there. Why would a conference like the SEC be interested when it brought in Missouri? Because when you talk about Kansas City, St. Louis, that's a big enough market size to bring eyeballs in. So that's going to be an interesting discussion. Now, Mike Slive is going to speak, um, or should, not Mike Slive, excuse me, Greg Sankey, the, the commissioner of the uh, SEC, is going to speak a little bit later on this morning. 1130 this morning is when he'll give his 
state of the SEC speech and things like that. And I think there'll be a lot of questions about the idea of both how there's going to be realignment in the conference, because that's going to be a big thing too. Is And I like the divisions. I'm not a big fan of this, put everybody into pods and pools and all that kind of stuff. And obviously they have to get the schedule figured out, right? We'll talk about that here in just a minute, but I'm not a big fan of kind of the pod thing or whatever that they're talking about. I like two distinct divisions. Call me old school, but I like two distinct divisions. Now we'll talk about the ceiling coming up here in just a second, but want to talk to you about my friends over at Sports Card Investor. Sports Card Investor is an unbelievable app. If you're like me and you're in the trading card hobby, and look, you've seen all of these options online about how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions, right? The Logo Man Triple uh, LeBron James Logo Man card just sold for what, two and a half million dollars here recently. There is big major money to be had in sports card collecting now. How do you keep track of everything? How do you find out prices? How do you sort through inventory? The Sports Card Investor app is the place to go. 630,000 cards that are on the app. 630,000 cards that are on the app. And look, it's free, it's easy to browse, it's quick and easy to do anything on there with. It's going to give you prior history of sales. It's going to give you kind of what the average market price is of cards. So many different little things that are out there right now that make your life a lot easier through the Sports Card Investor app that, look, this is something that if you're in the industry or you're looking to make a few bucks off of, maybe you've got some stuff that you don't know if it's valuable or not valuable, download the app today to check and see what your inventory is worth. So, so Sports Card Investor, download that today. It's available free in the Google or Apple app stores, or you can go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Again, sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Download that thing today. Check out their 630,000 card inventory out there and start being a smarter investor and making some money off of all this. Now, obviously, the other part, too, that the SEC is looking at is what their future scheduling is going to be. Is it going to be an eight-game, eight nine-game conference schedule? How many dedicated rivals, uh, cross-rivals, if you will, are they going to have? You know, what? obviously what the SEC wants to do is get to a schedule where you are playing the better teams on a more frequent basis, right? That's what they're doing this for. They don't want it to be where Alabama and Georgia play once every decade, right? The way that they've got these models set up is that they're looking at you'll play – Alabama uh, in a home and home over the eight years, right? I mean, that's that's what they're looking at out there. Now, what will also be interesting is keeping in the ACC tie-ins that the SEC has as well. Obviously, when you get to the final weekend of the year, rivalry weekend, it's not just SEC schools that are playing one another. It's not just Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. It's not just, you know, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. I know that's not really a rival, you know, given how bad Vanderbilt is, but you understand what I'm saying. But there's a lot of the cross-conference rival, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Kentucky, right, Clemson, South Carolina. There's a lot of those good long-standing rivals that have to be factored into this thing as well. So I expect Sankey's going to address a lot of conference realignment, conference addition, and we've heard a lot of rumors about Florida State, Virginia. And again, you say, well, why would why would they want those? They're not so, you know, Virginia's not a great program. They want Virginia because it's, moving up toward Baltimore, D.C., 
and that's as close as you can get to getting eyeballs on something, right? I mean, Richmond and all, you're trying to find markets in a TV contract that are going to bring eyeballs in. Now, from an on-field perspective, obviously, I expect them to have Georgia win the East, Alabama to win the West. It'll be interesting to see who the media thinks is going to win the SEC championship. My guess would be Alabama will be the conference favorite right now. Certainly, they bring bring back two of the three best players in all of football, including the Heisman Trophy win quarterback from last year. And without question, the best defensive player in America, Will Anderson. And by the way, I did have a chance to interview Will Anderson. Great kid. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Great kid, super kid, doing so many good things. He's obviously involved uh, in NIL, and he's helping other students out uh, as well to try to make some money off that. So look, Alabama's loaded up for bear. I expect that they will be the favorites to win the conference with Georgia nipping right to on their heels. But I'll be curious to see if Georgia gets some love from the standpoint of they beat Alabama, they won the national title last year. How will that breakdown be as far as Alabama, Georgia? Also, too, the other part I'm going to be interested in see with Georgia, does Stetson Bennett get any love on the first or second team? Now, look, obviously Bryce Young is the starting quarterback for the first team preseason all SEC team. But is Stetson a guy that's going to get a little bit of love? National championship winning quarterback. I know Levis and Richardson and guys like that are getting a lot of love as far as first run NFL draft picks. But second team all SEC quarterback is going to be another interesting thing. And of course, we'll chance to vote uh, down there with it. So keep your eyes open. Look for some bonus content on our YouTube page. I'll be at SEC Media Days all week long. All right, when we get back, we'll take a look at the Braves through the first quote unquote half of the season as they are at, officially at the All Star break. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you find the page, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment if you would. We're also available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us today. Leave us a five-star review. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Well, Braves are officially in the all-star break mode. Right now, we'll see Ronnie Kunjir in the home under. We talked about that last week. I do think it's a good thing, although I know Ronnie's been struggling here of late. And believe it or not, he's um, he's down to 265. He's still got a 360 base percentage. Still having a 776 OPS on this. Look, am I worried about Ronald Acuna's slide that he's on? Not really. He still brings a lot of other things to the table. But got 20 stolen bases already on the season. He's got a 363 on base percentage. He scored 38 runs in 59 games. So he's going to be back for the whole second half of the season. He is going to be one of the big keys, though, to what the Braves do in the second half. They do need to get him cranked up and going. But the idea that I'm worried about Ronald Acuna Jr., who's one of the true stars in Major League Baseball, not worried about him at all. Every guy in a 162-game season is going to go through some slumps. Remember how bad Freddie Freeman was basically the first month and a half of the season last year, and then – not coincidentally, when he got things cranked up and going, that's when the Braves turned things around and started winning. Go look at his numbers before they really started to get on a winning streak and after when they were in their winning streak starting last year. Freddie Freeman was kind of that that trigger that, that flipped all that. So, look, guys go through stretches and stuff like that. But if you told me that Ronald Acuna coming back from a major injury and all the little nicks and dings and different things like that, still have in 59 games, 38 runs, 8 homers, 20 steals, and a 363 on base percentage. 
I'm fine with all. Yes, obviously. Now, Michael Harris, another guy. Too. What an unbelievable start. 2-3 with a 3-19 on base percentage. I know that he was hitting 300 here just a couple of weeks ago or what have you. He's been on a little bit of a slide as well. But still, the for Michael Harris have been just incredibly invaluable. You know, you think about the fact of the 10 stolen bases and the fact that he scored 30 runs in just 48 games. So think about getting on base and setting the table for Ronnie and Dansby and things like that. Now, I'll tell you what's interesting is getting into the discussion about who's been the Braves' most valuable player this quote-unquote first half of the season. Is it Riley? Is it Davey? I probably right now, with where they are in the season, I know it's not 81 game split at this point. He was already in the 90. 90 plus game uh, range, right? They're already at 94 games. I probably put, you know, you look at his numbers 55 runs scored, 22 doubles, 27 homers, 60. He's got the average up to 285 right now with a 348 on base. So he's certainly brought all of those numbers up right now. He's getting a little bit more in line with what last year. But the combination of his run producing, his defense, by the way, too, I mean, obviously right now, that Braves infield defense has been outstanding in a lot of ways. But his defense that he brings, the power that he brings. I know Dansby has been kind of the sentimental favorite of all this, but I think Riley's really kind of been their linchpin as far as being that consistent run producer. And, yes, he, like many of the Braves offensive players, have had their struggles this year. But you look at a month or so, six weeks really for Austin Riley, his power numbers have come along. And I think just in general, that's one of the things that for the Braves, both their hitting with runners in scoring position and just their overall power numbers. Because Olsen's numbers now, Riley's 27. I think that's the total ever for a Brave going into the All-Star. Dan's B-15 homer guy. Right? Duvall's got 12 homers. O's got 17. Even William Contreras, who's been one of the other great surprises, has 11 homers right now. So all it's news for the for the app and talk more about that in just a second. Want to talk to you about my friends over at Built Bar of these folks. Such great folks to be partnered up with here. Many of you tried that coconut brownie chunk, right? That probably familiar with the coconut brownie bar. Well, guess what they've done? They've now taken that and they've put it in the puff treatment. So we've talked about the puffs before on the show, but now you can get the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar in a great flavor, but in that chewy marshmallow, the first protein-infused marshmallow, okay? And listen, I love these things. I mean, they've sent us some samples. Love trying these new flavors out uh, out there. Uh, again, they've had birthday cake. They've got this chocolate, or, sorry, this uh, coconut brownie chunk uh, puff now that's uh, out there. One of the things about Built Bar, they're made with collagen protein, which is more absorbed into your body efficiently. Tons of health benefits. Tastes great. Easy to of eat. I mean, just can't ask for anything. Built, built bar marshmallow puffs are kind of crazy when you think about when you see them and try them. Trust me, you'll know exactly what uh, I mean out there. But listen, we got a deal going on right now for you guys that are locked on Sports Atlanta listeners. If you go to built.com, built.com, use the promo code locked15, get 15% off whatever order together at built.com. Locked15, L O C K E D 15 15% of your or off your order 
Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. Go to Built.com right now. Check out their wide line of Built Bar products, marshmallow puffs, all kinds of things available to you. Built.com, locked on 15 to get 15% off uh, out of all of it. As far as the pitching staff goes, the fact that the Braves have two 10 game winners at this point, I think it's the first time in over a decade that they've had two guys that are at the 10 win mark. Certainly, Kyle Wright has been in outstanding stories. I think with Spencer just as additions for the pitching staff. Okay. The Braves probably don't need to go out and invest a lot to another starter. Right? We don't have to worry too much about getting in the in the starter business. Freed's been outstanding. Wright's been consistent all year long. Strider's another piece. It's really more matters getting Ian Anderson to feel like he's as consistent as he can be. But you think about the fact that even with Anderson's 7-9 ERA, which is the high starters, He's still eight and five on the season. If there's anything about Ian Anderson, I feel a bit more of is a little bit more of that swing and miss stuff, right? I mean, that baseball today, that was Charlie Morton's been on in the season about why it wasn't kind of coming together. Morton wasn't as consistent and things like that. Want to see more of that swing and miss stuff out of Morton. And if you look at his numbers in the last month or so, he's really gotten back into that double-digit strikeout per nine inning type of number that we've become more affiliated and accustomed to seeing out of a guy like Charlie Morton. In fact, Morton is now up over 10 strikeouts, 10.4 specifically strikeouts per nine innings as we head in the break. So that number's come way up since the early part of the season. The only other thing about Anderson, too, besides the swing and miss stuff, is just monitoring the walks. I mean, that's been another thing that he's got 45 walks in 92 innings pitch. That's far and away the most that any Braves pitcher have. Let's put it this way. Freed has pitched 119 innings, so he's pitched 27 more innings than Ian Anderson, and he has 22 walks. He has less than half the walks in 20-some-odd innings more pitch. So Anderson's got to figure some things out, but I don't think it's enough to say, okay, he's got to be out of the rotation. Let's go find another starter. I, I think right now the only thing the Braves are really looking to add is probably another back-end bullpen piece. Now, we also got word, uh, what, a few days? Kirby Yates is uh, starting his rehab assignment and going to give it. So there's another guy that they invested in that is going to come back from injury that they'll get a shot to look at. Obviously, Matzik came back, you know, several weeks ago. He's worked himself, you know, in. McHugh's been terrific. Minter's had an all-star caliber type of season with a 183 ER average in 12 strike innings. If you look at their bullpen between James McHugh, Minter, um, Chavez, those are all over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. So I don't think that there's much that the Braves need to look to add. They've added Cano, obviously, to give them some veteran help off the bench and give them a guy who can platoon with Arcia to play second base until um, Ozzy Alves will come back with all this. So I think Braves are in really good shape, obviously. I don't think that there's much that they need to add, but he's always looking for a bullpen arm. But whereas the Mets are looking to add more bats and especially maybe outfield bats and try to bring one more buffer in and things like that, I think the Braves have got this thing figured out. They need to just stay the course. I think the starters are fine. I think your bullpen is fine other than maybe adding one more arm. Yeah, I know that there's guys, you know, the Will Smiths of the world and things like that that get the yips and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, too, and we may talk more about this later this week. 
Okay. I know Juan Soto turned down 440 million or whatever like that. Um, I don't think the Braves are going after Juan Soto. First off, Juan Soto is not going to play for fish heads and rice, but we'll talk about that uh, at, at a different time with all, all of all of it. So look again, the Braves right now, as we head to the all-star break, 56 and 38. If you told me that would be their record at the all-star break, I think we'd all take that. Again, the pathway of how they got there, I think, is the thing that we look at and say, hmm, this has been a strange and interesting path. But I think everything's on track. Again, their series against the Mets will be the determining factor. We get into August and they get a whole bunch of games against the Mets because they're running out of games against the Nationals and the Marlins and people like that. Now you're going to get a hold of the Mets and things. They can handle their business against that. The division will be fine. The Braves will have this thing wrapped up again for their what fifth straight division title. All right, when we come back, the Hawks have one full-time roster spot that is left. I'm going to throw out a name that maybe is a guy that you could bring here and fit in. We'll see what you all think. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Back with you and hitting hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us, leave us a five-star review, and of course, follow me on my Twitter page at JMCH316. So the Hawks now, with their latest draft pick signing to a multi-year contract, Martin signs for multiple years now, and they've got everybody under contract. Right now, the Hawks are sitting in a place where they have three roster spots, okay? Now, two of those, though, are two-way contract players. So they have one full roster spot eligible player available. So at this point, I don't. first off, I don't think that we're going to see any other changes, things like that. Obviously, Aiton, you know, with the Pacers and all that stuff, I didn't think he was a fit. Didn't really like the idea of bringing him in anyway. You know, and at this point... And, and this is going to be well, – I can't wait for this narrative, by the way. John Collins is going to be an Atlanta Hawk. Now, that goes 180 degrees opposite of what the Blue Check Media told me. Because first off, Blue Check Media said draft night they're trading Collins. Okay, well, that didn't happen. Then they said, well, well, yeah, he's going to be here for now, but he's getting traded for sure. I guarantee you he's getting traded. Okay, well, he ain't getting traded at this point. Uh, unless, unless the Durant deal comes down in the next couple of days here. He ain't getting traded. So that's not going to happen. Now, Hawks have one full roster spot available. I'm going to give you a name of a guy that's out there. Because at this point, you're not looking at you're going to add anybody of super high caliber, superstar player. We're not obviously going to sign a guy who's going to be any kind of big contract type of guy or whatever like that. They're pretty much at their cap spending. What about bringing back Paul Millsap? Now, Paul Millsap did play for a couple different teams last year, including the 76ers. Look, last year he was about like four points, four rebounds a game, okay? You're talking about at this point rounding out your roster spot. Could Paul Millsap be a guy at whatever, I think it's 37 years old, that comes in and just gives John Collins a few minutes break? Because obviously, if this team is going to get to where it needs to be, we've talked about the idea of Hunter and Collins have to play this year, okay? Now, you can look at me cross-eyed and all that kind of stuff, but those guys have to be 75 player, 75 game players this year. Or this thing ain't going where it's supposed to go. If, if those guys are 58, 56 game players this year, we're going to be right back in the same boat of trying to figure out what our footing is and, and not our full complement of players. But what about Paul Millsap? 
obviously four-time All-Star, spent his time here in Atlanta, was part of that 60-win team, right, that made the run to the, the only other Eastern Conference Finals team that got swept by LeBron. Obviously, I understand. He's at the end of his career. He's at the end of his rope. But if you're talking about bringing in a guy that knows the organization, could be a veteran presence, can maybe give you a little bit of something off the bench on a specific night, night in, night out, you're not going to get a whole lot. And look, if you have to play Paul Millsap, you know, because John Collins is hurt, you have to start playing, let's say Millsap got 20 starts. It's probably way too much for him. So you have to obviously think about his role. But why not add a veteran like that? Give you another body positional guy, power forward guy, can come in maybe, give you a few points off the bench, grab you a few rebounds, can play a limited amount of minutes per night out there. And obviously, kind of that feel good, hey, bring him back and let him be a part of all of this. I don't know what Millsap has left for his game. Can't tell you that I've spent a lot of time invested into watching what Paul Millsap is. And I'm sure there'll be all kinds of experts that tell me about what he is or what he isn't and really didn't get a chance to watch him very much. I do know he's basically four points and four rebounds, right? And if that's what I get out of him, that's what I get out. But you got to find a spot. You're, you have to fill out one more roster spot. And at this point, you're looking at probably a low-cost veteran. And you're also looking at the idea of, okay, what's something that I need? I think that the Hawks feel like they've we've got enough backcourt guys, right? We've got enough guys in the backcourt, enough guys who can play guard, enough guys who can bring the ball up, right? And we got some bench scoring with Bogey coming off, this and the other. Okay, hopefully if A.J. Griffin, which, by the way, the Hawks – wrapped up their summer league and A.J. Griffin didn't play at all because of some foot issue, okay? Even though he wasn't listed, like, as an injury or had any kind of procedure or anything like that, Griffin didn't play um, throughout. Okay, huh. we'll, we'll, we may get into that at some point uh, as well. Not Don't feel good when, uh, you know, your first-round draft pick is not available for your first summer league and – all we're getting is it's a foot problem and we're not getting, he had surgery. Now, I understand if he had surgery and had to recover and this, and the other, or had some kind of non-surgical procedure, right? I, I get all of that. I'd understand that, but he was held up because of a foot. Okay. All right. Again, we need guys like AJ Griffin that if they're going to be here on the roster, we need those guys to play and get ready to contribute and things like that. Hawks don't seem to have a very good run here over the last few years of drafting guys who stay healthy all the time, you know, the Cam Reddishes and the DeAndre Hunters and guys like that. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that, you know, at a, at a future time and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Hawks have one spot. Why not Paul Millsap? At, at this point, you're looking for a guy that can play in your front court. Your, your back court's good to go. You need a guy that needs to play in your front court at this point, right? Uh, we'll talk more about this here in just a second, but, Want to mention my folks over at Coffee AM sponsoring the show today. You know how I feel about these folks. Listen, they are the best small batch coffee brewer in America. They are local here to Georgia. They're up in Canton. Great company. Go online, coffeeam.com. You know how I feel about these folks. They brought that, we sent us a care package. And I'm telling you, you open that thing up and the smell and the aroma. Whether you want organic uh, fair trade coffees, you want darker roast, lighter roast, you want flavored coffees. You're looking for teas. You're looking for gift sets. Everything that you need to fill up your coffee bin is at coffeeam.com. So head to coffeeam.com, and here's what we got going on for you right now, okay? 
you head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on, coffeeam.com backslash locked on, take a look at their full inventory of products that they have available to you. Pick what you want for your first order, okay? And when you get to the checkout, put in that coupon code locked on, L O C K E D O N, L O C K E D O N, put locked on at checkout and you get 15% off your first order. Coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Everything is available to you. Everything can be purchased out there, but 15% off of your first order if you use the code locked on at checkout, L O C K E D O N. Go to my friends at coffeeam.com, best small batch coffee brewer in America. And again, right here local in the state of Georgia. So look, uh, the, the Hawks kind of wrapped up this summer league season and this, that, and the other. Okay, you've got your roster in place. This is pretty much the group of guys that we're going to go to battle with. And where are the Hawks? And, and we'll get into some of these discussions here coming up over the next several weeks, just because as we get ready for training camp and different things like that for the Atlanta Hawks, there is going to be, I think, a pretty good amount of expectation that bringing in an all-star caliber player of DeJounte Murray, guy's a really good defensive player, obviously a terrific two-way player. He's a star, you know, in the making if he's not already a star in the league. The expectation is going to be there. And, again, expecting development out of DeAndre Hunter, taking that next step forward, expecting these guys to be healthy. I need Capella. I need Hunter. I need Collins. I need those guys to be able to stay healthy and play all season long. So there is going to be a pretty good amount of expectation for this team. Do I think that the Hawks are Milwaukee, Miami, Boston right now? Are they right there at that tippy top of the Eastern Conference? Not quite sure that they're there just yet. Can they be? Yes. They have enough talent. They have enough players. If Collins, Hunter, Capella, if they can get out of those guys what they need and expect. I know what Murray's going to give me. I know what Trey Young is going to give me. And I think they have enough bench pieces. Let's say you add a Millsap in and you mix that in with Okongwu and bogey and you've got obviously jalen johnson and if sharif cooper's up and down and aj griffin so you got a mix of you can have some veterans with some young guys a little bit of scoring punch coming off the bench with bogey some defensive help with a congo coming up maybe a little bit of defensive help with Millsap, and a little bit of rebounding coming off the bench if they decide to add him in there obviously you're hoping that aj griffin if he can just be the three-point shooter that he was at duke there's another offensive piece out there so the pieces and parts, I think, are there to get themselves in it. But right now, I probably put the Hawks in that group of Toronto, Chicago, right? That next, that next here, Philadelphia, right? Um, you know, that next group of guys that of, of teams that are there. Obviously, the big wild card team is Brooklyn, right? That's the big wild card team in the Eastern Conference right now. Are they going to be a team that can't stay healthy and those guys don't all come together, or are they going to be a team that runs through the Eastern Conference because they've got all the star power, right? It's going to be fascinating, going to be a lot of expectation for the Hawks, but Millsap might not be a bad piece to add into that final roster spot. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Shuckery your first listen every day. Make my friends over at ATL Day Ones your second listen. That's my friends Jarvis Davis and Tunes for Batiste, talking about all things in the heart of the city of Atlanta. Braves, Hawks, Falcons, Dogs, everything covered for you there. Free and available on our YouTube page, uh, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Subscribe today, leave us a comment. Also available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download it, five-star review us, and then follow me on my Twitter page at JMCH316. Check out for some bonus content. We'll be at SEC Media Days later on today. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Lockdown Sports Atlanta. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.